1: You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? You're listening to the best of
0: Make It Rain on the Fantasy Sports Network.
1: I'm going to make it rain. Well, speaking of crazy, you throw OJ on there, guys. Um, I think he's already up over 600,000 followers. Yeah, he's been posting all weekend. And he's been commenting on people's posts as well, which is probably, man, some of the... Just some of the best stuff that you guys will see here. I mean, talking about the Kardashians and talking about his uh, how he's misunderstood. It's exciting on one hand, Dane, but it's also like pretty damn nauseating on the other hand. Like, I don't know what to do with it. I have to follow it, obviously, because, you know, that's what we do here. Uh, but it's like a car crash, man. I just I found myself all weekend going, what is he saying now? But more importantly, when Twitterverse comes together and decides that you are a target. Twitter wins, man. Like, always the stuff that people are posting on this account is – so he hasn't figured out how to filter anything yet, it looks like. Right, right, right. Yeah, so he's just everything, and it's a free-for-all right now. And I got to tell you, I just – I found myself laughing my arse off the entire weekend. What people are coming up with is priceless, man. But I do want to say, at the real OJ32 – over a half a million followers, if you want entertainment, you've
2: got it with O.J. Simpson, my man. It, it's pretty nauseating, though, at the same time. Yeah, well, first of all, good morning. Have a, hope you had a great Father's Day weekend, to Joe, to all our degenerates out there on Make It Rain. I mean, here's the thing with me. First of all, I saw O.J. Simpson trending um, yeah. at some point over the weekend, <laughs> and as you know, anytime someone famous' name is trending, my original mm-hmm. thought right away. Is that they died? You know, right. which, by the way, apparently is the case with uh, former reality TV show Big Ange from Mob Labs, yeah, By right. the way, who was kind of my favorite. Her along with uh, DeAndre. she was hot. But that's a different topic for a different day. Um, I thought he was dead, and then when I saw he joined um, social media, the first thing I saw, Joe. I don't know if you saw this, was his like opening video. He actually, in a very ominous way, says that he's getting on Twitter quote unquote, for him to like get back at people. Yes. Okay. And anytime you hear OJ Simpson talking about revenge, it is a problem, okay? Go and hide the gloves because if they do not fit, you will have to acquit. I am, like, worried, okay, if OJ Simpson is now on the prowl and can use social media to, like, find his enemies and get back at people. That sounded really crazy. That was the leading theory for me, Joe, okay? First, like, is he dead? No, he's not dead? Oh my goodness, he's on social media and he wants to quote-unquote get back at people hide the women and children that's what i was thinking
1: Joe. That was yeah it off. is um it is scary on so many different levels guys i can't even uh, begin to tell you and uh we've got i got a whole bunch of clips from his uh videos uh from oh, over man. the weekend that <laughs> will uh, we'll go ahead and play for you here so you can hear what it is i mean anytime oj like you said he either wants to get back at people or even better says i want to set the record straight." Damn. Oh, this is going to be. Maybe he's fin- got another book coming out. Fantastic. Yes, yes, something's going on here. I don't know what it is. It's a Fox special he, or something. He's seventy-one, by the way. He's seventy-one years old. It, never been on Twitter. So mostly because he's you know been in jail, but he's never I'll been on what Twitter. Is. I, what do you? What could it possibly be? I'm that you, I by got the it. Way, it. Twenty-four it hours the first video he posted in the first 24 oh, hours just show you a million a million, you, a million 7 million people oh, clicked and watched in oh, one, in God. 24 hours so do you think he doesn't realize what's going on here I-
2: yeah, I mean that's crazy. Here's what he's gonna set the record straight, and I've said it on this air: it's that he's Khloe Kardashian's dad. That no, we already be. addressed it. It was one oh, of the he videos. Did? He Oh my bad. It. All right, I, uh, you yes. clearly are plugged into uh, this, joke. I dude, am very I'm plugged you. into car this.
1: crash, dude. Car crash. All right, talk to me. What you do you say you? about
2: Khloe? What do you Chloe, say about Khloe?
1: Um, completely refutes the idea that he ever slept with uh with the patriarch really? of Yeah, mama uh, Kardashian there. Never had it, not attracted to her. Wasn't it always not my girl. Now, and listen, he, he purposely one of the videos he made addresses what about that. that. Yeah, and I don't know if anybody believes
2: him. Because well, let's that means face he hears it, the noise, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's not like uh OJ can be believed here because just because OJ says it, guys, it's not necessarily the truth. It's a lot like the internet, right? Like just because mm-hmm. it's on the internet doesn't mean that it's true. But that was one of the things that he addressed uh-huh. in the first couple of videos. And we were who knew what was going on? The fact that he was even on Twitter was what happened initially when it first came out is you saw a trending, right? And right. somebody had tagged me in one of the posts, and i I thought it was I'm like, Oh, this is a burner. Account like somebody, but then when he posted the videos, I'm like, this is not a burner account. Like this This dude is, is... (laughs) this is OJ. Like he is he Uh... serious?
3: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Let it rain.
1: You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain?
3: Make it rain. Dollar dollar bills, y'all.
1: All right, our number 2 here fantasy sports radio network as uh, we try to pick up the pieces here from the weekend congratulations gary woodland he is now your us open champion and uh, how great is that at 80 to 1 those of you that might have uh, might have been able to uh, sneak him in there to your list of uh, of long shots 80 to 1 i do know this uh, it was reported late yesterday that there was a uh, there was a gentleman in uh, in Vegas who got uh, 500 dollars down on Woodland at 80 to one prior to the tournament starting. that is a forty thousand dollar payday uh, for those of you that want to do the math there 500 bucks down 80 to one Gary Woodland, which <laughs> let's be realistic. We talked a lot last week about you know up and down the lineups there on uh, on who was worth it. He was always a guy that you couldn't count him out. You know, you, you he was worthy of an 80 to one shot if you were going to take a flyer on a, on a long. He was definitely a guy that has been playing really well for six months this year. So I don't know that anybody thought he was good for maybe a second round or third round lead, but I don't think anybody really thought Gary Woodland with Kupka breathing down his neck there was going to be able to withstand the pressure that comes with winning a U.S. Open. But that guy, uh, make no mistake about it, uh, hence he makes a 30-foot putt on the 18th hole for birdie just to uh, put an exclamation point oh, on pressure. it. Uh, Gary Woodland won that tournament. Nothing was handed to him. Brooks Kupka, it's not like Kupka uh, slouched. He had four rounds in the 60s, Kupka, at a U.S. Right. Open. So he was he was definitely there. And But Gary Woodland... Made all the shots, made all the putts, did everything he needed to do to be a U.S. Open champion. And he did it at 35 years old. Congratulations to Gary Woodland. What does it mean for the British Open next month? Who's the favorite? We have those odds. We'll lay those out for you as well. Coming up, Hour 2, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Let's get a rain.
6: That's Y-O-U-T-H to 321321.
3: If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1 800 CarMats, WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America.
1: All right, here we go. Hour number two, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome in, Joe Dane Martinez here on a Monday. As we've got a big week in, uh, big in baseball, some uh, some pretty big matchups here coming up this week, including Yankees taking on the, the Tampa Rays. Bay Rays, followed up that with, of course, the Houston Astros. So a lot going on as we play these last couple of weeks heading into the All-Star break, which means we're almost at the halfway point of the Major League Baseball season, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. But that's what happens when you know the NBA playoffs are uh, aren't six months long. Is that uh, kind of creeps right into uh, baseball season? And here, uh, here we go though. We've got uh, we've got plenty still to be determined. Yankees are getting a little bit healthier. We'll talk about that coming up. But we did mention, of course, uh, Gary Woodland. Congratulations in order to him. Eighty to one shot beat Kupka by three strokes. He was also a forty to one shot after the opening round. He was a five-to-one shot after Friday's uh, round. Yeah. And then, of course, he entered that uh, close to even money, just above even money on Sunday. So there were still opportunities for people to hop on the Gary Woodland train. But uh, with Cupka hanging around there in the top five all week long, there were a lot more people throwing money at Cupka than there were at uh, at Gary Woodland. But when you throw 500 bucks down, and so far I've only seen one guy uh, – $40,000. That was uh, the biggie there. 40 grand after putting 500 down at 800 to 1. And speaking of putting a lot of money down, you know, over the last week or so, there has been there's been some there's been a dude running around Las Vegas with a duffel bag full of cash. <laughs> and he's been placing bets on the Lakers futures. And, you know, he put $10,000 here and then there was somebody else put a couple of thousand dollars here. It's been going on for a little over a week in Vegas. And of course, nobody thought anything about it other than like, who is this, you know, jerk off showing up here because he's going from book to book to book. He's trying to, you know, he's trying to figure out what he can get done. Uh, And then all of a sudden, about 28 minutes, right, just about 28 minutes before uh, Wojnowski there, the Woj bomb, drops on Saturday, there was yet another big bet made um, on them. $10,000, another $10,000 bet on the Lakers to win the NBA title. And that happened around, I don't know, uh, I guess it was about 4 o'clock, three thirty four o'clock Eastern time. And then, you know, about a half hour later, Woes drops a bomb that they agreed to trade Anthony Davis. And the guy got in there at, uh, I think, when they were 7 to 1. And all of a sudden, after the announcement, they dropped all the way down to 3 to 1. So, we you know, we have said this before. And it's no shock. You you look at this type of information and you go, why was there a guy all week, number one, running around with a duffel bag betting Lakers when the only thing we had known about the Lakers was that they are an absolute dumpster fire? There were more questions than there were answers. And while it was it's easy to say in hindsight, like we should have seen this coming. It's a whole other thing to be dropping, you know, thousands of dollars and dropping dimes all around Vegas on the Lakers to win the uh, the championship, and then of course, you know, 28 minutes prior to the uh, to the release of the announcement, a, a guy drops another 10 grand. Now it might have been the same guy, it might have been a different guy, but something tells me that they were probably all in it together. Where all right, I went, now you go. And nobody's dropping $10,000 on a Lakers future without having the knowledge that this trade was coming into play. So, I mean, call me crazy, but I don't know if it's somebody who works in the organization. Somebody had to have been privy to this trade, which, by the way, could have been done a week ago, right? We wouldn't have known. They wouldn't have announced it during the finals, right? I mean, it's it's safe to say this didn't happen overnight, which means they probably had this already figured out, waiting for the championship to be over, then make the announcement. So right around that time, somebody's been running around there with a lot of money in Vegas going book to book to book to go, hey, hey, let me drop this on, uh, let me drop a couple of dimes here on the Lakers to win the championship. Here's ten. 000. Like, seriously? Like, uh, we say there's never any inside trading, right? But there's no collusion? Mm-hmm. Man, it, it reeks a collusion to me, Dane.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, there is a very good chance that there was some insider trading involved here. But last week when we put up the futures odds, one of the things we were saying was, listen, these odds are going to change with the draft, with trades, with free agency, right? So I can also see... Let's say you got, you know, a disposable income and you got a little bit of extra shekels. I could see someone wanting to get ahead and see what the value was, you know, see a team that was going to go down in their odds and try and lock it in at value. I think that's valid. I think that's viable. And why there was probably there could have been some inside information there. Also, the casual fan could have been reading some of the tea leaves, right? Um, This idea that Anthony Davis still only wants the Lakers Or the Knicks. The idea that Rich Paul came out and said if he goes to the Celtics, it's only for one year to sort of dissuade them. We heard Jason Tatum was untouchable. And then, as you know, Joe, the Knicks plans have come crashing down to the ground, right? With the draft lottery and with the KD kind of injuries, things of that, and Kyrie looking at Brooklyn, potentially. So... There's a universe where you put all these tea leaves together and if you want to get ahead of it and you got some money where well, that's the smart value anything that was plus 900 you know 2 weeks later is going to be plus 350 there's your value it's the same kind of thing we were saying about you know Bucks and Raptors futures tickets across across the timeline right so i mean yeah this does reek of some kind of earlier inside information but if you were putting it all together and wanted to anticipate the market, which is what an investor is supposed to do by definition, then this is a smart move, similar to people betting the Cleveland Cavaliers a week before when there was buzz that LeBron was going back home.
1: That's cute, man. I wish I had such a rosy outlook at, uh, that guys actually are doing their homework, dropping dimes around Vegas on the Lakers because they uh, assume that uh, I'm gonna tie up that kind of money for a year because I'm thinking the Lakers are gonna actually not be a dumpster fire and gonna, gonna go ahead and pull off these All miraculous of this is cute,
2: trades. Guy yeah, bet you know, eighty grand on Tiger yeah. at fourteen to one. People are yeah, out that there. Was, that, have that, that was that kind three of money days before
1: that. the tournament. That was three days before the tournament. Okay. The only right. people who have discretionary income that bet futures are sharps, and what they don't do is drop on feelings and guts and, you know what, maybe the Lakers are going to be able to do that. It doesn't happen. Certainly not 28 minutes before the announcement comes that, oh, yeah, by the way, Anthony Davis is going to become a Laker. It just does not happen. We're talking 48, 72 hours after a championship. Guys are have somehow put all the tea leaves together before the first week. We're not even in July yet, and and what they somehow all put it together and said, you know what? Let's invest on the Lakers at seven to one. That's yeah, no, I I don't believe people don't run around Vegas with duffel bags. Might
2: also, these guys might also be betting the Celtics. These guys might also have been no, they betting weren't. The Knicks. They were and the you guys running that. around Vegas
1: sure with not. a duffel bag looking for books to take Laker money. Lakers, not Celtics, not Golden State, not. Nobody but the Lakers and to have it happen 28 minutes before the announcement comes out, that reeks, man. That does not happen. Doesn't happen. Nobody is all of a sudden dropping dimes uh, every year at this particular time on teams that somehow or another pull off. Nobody did it last year when LeBron was uh, became a Laker. Nobody all of a sudden dropped it on. Nobody knew if LeBron was going to stay, whether he was going to go is the biggest thing. There weren't any very strange dudes that were running around Vegas with duffel bags looking to drop it on the Lakers. Then you just there is no way to me a that this trade was just consummated within 24 hours of the announcement. This had to have been in the works for a while now, and I am sure it was already done. And at that yeah. particular point, somebody caught wind to it and somebody thought it'd be best if we hurry up and get our uh, our bets in there Anticipate prior the yeah. yeah, anticipate the market. Because I can tell you, the guys that actually do do this for a living, yeah, if they would have caught wind of what was happening, they there would have been more than $10,000 coming. This sounds like some dude who works in works in the office of the Lakers who might have seen the memo come across and decides that, let's get as much money as we can together and run to Vegas and bet them at 7-1. to one. Doesn't happen that way. I don't, I'm all for They'd rather be it. lucky yeah. than good. It it walks like a duck, talks like a duck. It's a duck in Vegas, man, especially with a duffel bag.
2: the window all right they cheered the injury they want to see their team win don't we all want to see our favorite teams win i mean the cheering the fact that tevin durant's not going to be in the game it's harsh but is it that unexpected why are we so surprised it's because it's toronto if it was some other city like philadelphia it would be a one day if that story and then they move on all fan bases you have that certain percentage of fan bases that are classless
0: watch live on the FNTSY YouTube stream.
3: College kids still say that, right? No one says that, Dad. Really? Yeah. Visit discoverstudentloans.com to apply today. Limitations apply.
4: Indeed knows finding the right hire takes time away from your business. Hiring a qualified data engineer felt like a second job. More job seekers use Indeed than any other site, so there's no better place to find someone with the skills you're looking for. I needed someone with a master's in computer science and database experience. Plus, Indeed screener questions help you find your shortlist fast. Now I'm back to having just one job. See why more than 3 million companies Worldwide, use Indeed to hire. Post your job at indeed.com slash hire. Indeed, the world's number one job site. Source.com score total visits. Made
0: Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com.
1: All right, Monday Fun Day here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network as we uh, look to make it rain for you here this week. Plenty of MLB action, exciting MLB action, and uh, in fact, we've got uh, races. We've even had a couple of trades, and and the MLB, the Yankees uh, did what the Yankees do. They went out and got, for some reason, even more uh, even more hitting and firepower. With Encarnacion uh, uh, is now a Yankee, which is kind of crazy. Since most people feel they really do need a pitcher, but let us uh, let us not forget that still plenty of time for a shot at a Baumgartner or a, you know, Scherzer or some big name starting pitcher. There is still time for that. Uh, But in Carson, it was what? How many has he got now? I mean, he's got I think he leads. Wasn't he close to leading the American
2: League? He leads the AL Uh, with 21-22. He leads the AL there. Walking the parrot to add to, you know, the bombers. And by the way, Joe, the Yanks got, you know, Stanton (laughs) hitting bombs on rehab assignments. Judge they expect back relatively soon. On the top of my timeline, you could see what the uh, Yankees starting lineup should look like in a couple of weeks. You know, let's put it this way. Glaber Torres be their nine hitter, Joe. Glaber wow. Torres already hitting 285 with 14 home runs on the season. And this is sending Clint Frazier, who's also hitting like 285 with 11 home runs, sending him down. I've, I've told you before, his path is blocked. I think he will be the main trade piece uh, that they try to flip for an arm in the next oh, four to six weeks.
1: Yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, the question is, what arm is it? But there will be one, that is for sure. And he's probably at the forefront. It's It's a shame because he's... The kid's gonna be an all-star, I think, in this uh, in this league. But unfortunately, yeah. with this, there's no room in this team. It's just, it's a, it's crazy to think with how much crap we watch on an everyday basis, and and ma- how many bad teams there are. But the reality is, this guy right now, there's only room for 25 guys. And when you, you know, you got Judge, you got State, you got all of these guys coming back. And unfortunately, a lot of these guys that have kept the ship afloat there. Uh, I I don't know what you do with them, Frazier included. You know, what happens to these guys uh, now that that they're all coming back?
2: You flip them because they've been marketable. You know, Frazier, the Urshelas of the world, right? Like, listen, especially in the outfield, okay? Judge is young, paid, and ain't going anywhere. Stanton's contract is not getting moved. You saw it, Joe. They just gave Aaron Hicks a seven-year extension, right? He was one of those guys that got – extended to keep your own, the path is blocked. And if Frazier's, you know, someone – that's what happens. With all these guys who have held the ship afloat, other teams see them as valuable pieces. So whether it's Gio Urshela, you know, whether it's Cameron Maben, whether it's, you know, definitely Clint Frazier. But think about some of these arms that have stepped up as openers, the Chad Greens of the world. Mm. These are the people – that the Yankees will try to flip around and use for a haul. You mentioned a couple of names. I think some remember Cleveland was trying to trade some of its starters before the season even started. And they are toiling behind the twins, maybe in a wild card position. Look out for the Giants with Madison Bumgarner. Look out, though, if the Washington Nationals don't see themselves as contenders. Max Scherzer could be out there. And Joe, what about my Detroit Tigers? They're far out of it. They got guys like our boy Matty Boyd, Fulmer, and some others as well.
1: Yeah, um, there's a few of these teams here that are just – they are going nowhere fast, and it'll Seattle's be interesting to obviously see. obviously breaking it down. Yeah. So They're like already going, like, we're done. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yep. like, we're good. We're like, we're all yeah, right. We'll like start trading the pieces. Offensively. Yeah.
2: Uh, uh, yeah. But as an arm, Mike Leak is probably going to be on the move to a contender as well.
1: I, yeah, I know some of the, uh, some of the reports – from the Yankees as to you know, a lot of people went, why in Carson and, and Canarcion? Yeah. like, what what's going on? And I guess the, uh, the press release talks about how, well, his numbers against the Red Sox are just, they're gaudy, right? They're unreal. The problem is that, um, most of the Red Sox pitchers that he did his damage on are no longer with this team. In fact, uh, I believe the current, uh, roster or, or current starting pitching staff there of the Red Sox now I think he's batting 191 again. So while it was nice that, you know, like Pomerantz and those guys that, you know, he beat up pretty well, but yeah, no, it's uh, the guys that are currently on that roster and currently starting pitching hasn't done all that well, but it'll be interesting. He's coming off the bench tonight. I believe he'll be ready and in Yankee uniform. And this Tampa Bay Ray series is going to be a huge, a huge three game set uh, tonight. And you know the Rays pitching staff is uh, among one of the best in the American League. We, you guys know this, and you know it's going to be three after this, and then what do they got? Four against the Astros coming in this next week of yeah. baseball for big the week. Yankees and for the American League in itself is this is monstrous, man. Yeah, and this is going to be all right. Your big bats versus our big arms, and yeah. it's going to be fun to see how this pans out. I, I think it's almost kind of must-watch baseball here over the next three days because this truly is and don't look now you got the Red Sox only five games out in the American League East so all of a sudden things are starting to even out a little bit here
2: yeah absolutely you know one other note on the Encarnacion deal Joe Um, I read reports also that part of the reason they went and augmented this strength of power that the Yankees have was because they thought Boston and or Tampa were hot after Edwin Encarnacion as well okay so this idea of you know for the block You know, you keep them away from your opponents. But you're right. Listen, with the Yankees getting Tampa and Houston, and by the way, I will be in the building on Sunday, Joe, because Sunday against the Houston Astros is also old-timers day. And word on the street is that my guy, Mariano Rivera, will be making his old-timers day debut for the pinstripes. So I'm excited about that. Another big series, also, don't look now, but uh, Philly, Washington, remember they played each other like nine times at the very start of the season? And Crazy. I look now because Washington is five games under. If Philly can do some damage, win a series, you know, teams also right now are looking at themselves like, Are they ready to make a run? Should they be buyers or should they be sellers? And with a bad week, the Nationals could declare themselves as sellers as well. I think that's an interesting thing. Similar in the other part of the NL East with the Mets go to Atlanta. Atlanta in first place in 12 games over. The Mets just put Noah Syndergaard on the IL. They're three games under. If they don't get the job done, they could turn into sellers as well. So that's a thing that I look at at this point of the season. Teams are going to decide. Are they in it or not? Are they going to make a run or do they need to become sellers? Clearly, the Seattle Mariners have already declared their intentions.
1: The Tampa Bay Rays have pretty much owned the Yankees here. I think they've won five out of the last six that they've played. But when you look at when you look at Tampa Bay versus some of the upper echelon teams and the knock on the Yankees has been the schedule has set up perfectly with all of these injuries. You've you've beaten up the teams you're supposed to win against. Yes, and it's kind of the same thing with Tampa Bay because when you look at their record versus teams like the Yankees, Minnesota, they're one and one. The Dodgers um, and uh, and Houston, um, they've done pretty decent with their three and one. The Yankees, they're uh, they're one and th- uh, two and four versus the Yankees, one and three versus Minnesota, rather one and one versus the Dodgers, and they're three and one against Houston. So they're seven and nine. Against the big the powerhouses in uh, in baseball and it's great that they've had an actual opportunity to play all of these monster teams here to this point in the season because I think it does give us a pretty good idea of where some of these teams stick. are like Tampa. they beat the teams they're supposed to beat, which is the mark of any good uh, champion, right um, and they you know they battle with the teams that are in that upper echelon Yankees, Minnesota, Dodgers, Houston, uh, these are all teams that are going to be in the postseason. Guys, I hate to break the news to you, but it's pretty easy to see that right now. And they're barely 800 against those teams. So uh, that's the number to keep looking at as you move forward. How do, do the Yankees respond now after losing uh, five out of the last six here to Tampa Bay? How do they How do they come out? Now, again, Stanton's coming back. They've got some things to be excited about. But ultimately, they're going to have to do a better job of Getting guys on base and tackling this Tampa Bay pitching staff, which believe it or not, has just been it's it's crazy what these guys have been able to do, including every fifth day, right? It's it's bullpen day for Tampa Bay. It's static it's Yarbrough, it's it's yeah, every and stuff. yeah. Yeah, I mean, every fifth day they've they're they're throwing a bullpen out at you, and they're dominating guys in those games. So it's it's kind of crazy, but Any which way, I do think, especially after the All-Star break, this is going to be, everyone's going to be within, my prediction, within three games of each other in the American League East. These games coming up are monumental, man, into what this is all going to shake out. So, a big series over that. And then, of course, you bring Houston in, and here Mm -hmm. we go again. So, no time to sleep uh, if you are the New York Yankees. Let's see what this team is made of. There is no Kansas City or Detroit nestled in here. It's Rays. It's Houston over the next seven days, guys. Let's see what happens.
2: Yep. Uh, but at the same time, Joe, because it is those quality opponents, I'll sign up for four and three right now.
3: Hell you yeah. tell me this
2: week they go four <laughs> and three, I'll take it right now with yep. their openers going, with Stanton just coming back. You know, D.D. has come back. So it was good that when they were at their low point of health, they were playing the low point in terms of strength of schedule. And now it's yes. all coming back. Remember, Paxton is back as well. But I got to tell you, the biggest name I'm looking for is Luis Severino, Joe. And he still has a long way to go. He's just kind of lengthening out his throwing program. They're hoping for him to be back in about a month right after the All-Star break in mid-July. But, you know, that lineup is impressive. But what would be more impressive to me is if Tanaka winds up being their fourth starter because Severino's back, they got Paxton humming, and they go out and acquire (laughs) a big-time ace. If you tell me that then going into the playoffs, Tanaka is the guy pitching game four for the Yankees, and they have that offense, then I'll feel pretty good as a Yankees fan.
1: Yeah, you know, we'll talk about this too uh, uh, coming up because it just goes to show you guys how crazy it is, certainly from a betting baseball this year has been a very unique situation and you don't have to look any further than what happened this weekend at Forest field with the I padres run. and the rock
2: those overs baby uh, those overs. It,
1: i mean there's runs and then there's 92 runs in four games uh that is just it's absurd all sorts of records we'll dive into the numbers of what it all means moving forward from a betting perspective as we make it rain to fantasy sports radio network
0: call 888-400-0435 888-400-0435 andro400.com
5: Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports and you're in control go to fanduel.com slash crit open your new account and claim your free wager of up to five hundred dollars today
1: so it was a uh, hell of a uh, hell of a weekend in Colorado at, uh, at Coors Field and it was also a hell of a weekend for uh, for backers of these two teams and the Padres and the Rockies and guys trying to get a handle on what the hell to do with these two teams in that ballpark uh, because it was some of the craziest baseball that we have seen to date, and it actually happened yesterday. The big topic of conversation with handicappers was we we had more than a dozen on the on the totals line. It was thirteen yesterday in that uh, in that game with San Diego and Colorado in Colorado. And well, listen, we all know the thin air. We all know Colorado is a fun place if you want to pad your numbers a little bit. There, it's a fun place to play. Because of the altitude and because of how the ball travels. But yeah, you add a juiced ball now into the equation. It was hard to believe going into yesterday that, believe it or not, the, the most profitable total number to take has been unders in their, uh, in that ballpark. Really? Believe it or not. Yeah. The unders had actually done way better than, uh, than the overs had thus far. And so when you go into a weekend, now the – Thursday night it was nine six right so that's already fifteen runs there. You go to Friday night it went into extra innings it was sixteen to twelve in twelve innings. Saturday it was fourteen to eight, and then really last night was just the was just taken for what it was there. There was no better way to end the series than what they right. did these two teams yesterday. Uh, In fact, it ended in one of the worst bad beats of the weekend. Uh, One of the worst uh, hashtag torn tickets that you're going to get. The Padres were down five runs in the seventh. And then they were down three runs in the ninth. And they still rallied to win the game. They scored three against Wade Davis. Then John Gray, who was actually Thursday starter. They brought him it. He walked a pinch hitter. And who was the opposing pinch hitter. Uh, the bases loaded. It it was forced in a run. The whole scenario of what was going on there this weekend, 92 guys, 92 runs were scored in four days between these two teams. And I know a lot of guys were going into this game yesterday going, there is, it's 13. Like, thir- think about that for a minute. You, your total is 13 runs, right. which basically means... You're expecting zero, and I mean absolutely zero uh, from a pitching perspective or a defensive perspective. All you're expecting is these two teams. And it's not like San Diego's murderer's row here, guys. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. not like they're they're hitting the, the crap out of exactly. the ball. So there were a lot of guys who took the under yesterday and going, it, it, you know, they're not going to continue at this pace. Well, <laughs> uh, the over was actually covered by the third inning. So the over 13 was covered by the uh, by the third inning. That is how that game went. And it's just, I've never seen anything like it. But, Dane, I think, and that's why it's so hard for people to wrap their head around, the unders had been profitable in cores, believe it or not. And it's one of those things where you got to actually double-check the numbers to, to say, right. wow, well, huh? but they have been profitable this year, backing the unders. But guess what? I mean, at this point on, now with the weather, of course, getting better, uh-huh. I don't know how you can ever, ever, in good conscience, take a taken under at Coors Field again. That's how that's how crazy it is. Ninety-two run, damn They don't even score ninety-two runs in little league games over like a yeah, month right. period. Ninety-two runs. This is professional baseball players now. Ninety-two runs in four days, including. Two come from behind, extra inning, uh, you know, monsters there that were won uh, by Colorado and San Diego. Just uh, forget betting yeah, I mean, Colorado in Colorado. Forget betting them. You can't tell what's going to the happen over.
2: there. But Just get yeah, the over. Listen, it, exactly. I mean, that's what we've been talking about all season long, right? Hasn't that been our narrative all season mm-hmm. long, Joe? The three true outcomes, the home mm-hmm. runs, the bullpens that can't get it done. And I think you make a good point here, Joe. With the weather starting to get yep. warmer, the ball will fly out a little bit better. I would also point your attention to Texas, where the ball will start to fly out, and they got some boppers too. They welcome Cleveland in today, but that's what I wanted to ask you, Joe. Let's spin it forward, okay? You mentioned that the Padres are not necessarily, you know, uh, a huge offense. But I look at tonight's card, Joe, and they are back home. Joey Lucchesi on the mound. They got a team that can score some runs coming in, Joe, in the Milwaukee Brewers, who have Chassin on the mound, put into a 5.7 ERA. And I look at the total for tonight's game in Petco Park, and it's only eight, Joe. Do you think? So I want to ask you, Joe, did the Padres use up all their offense over the weekend? Or you still think there's another 4-4 game in there somewhere, um, you know, with two pitchers towing the slab tonight? that are pitching to over four ERAs. Can we spin it forward and think that the offense stays humming and it's not like the brewers who come into town or a bad offense. So uh, what do you think about that over tonight?
1: (laughs) Well, for the first time in, in the Padres history, right? They erased a six run ninth inning deficit. That's what they, that was the game they went on to win 12 on Friday night. Hunter Renfro hit three home runs in that game. Hunter Renfro had five home runs in the series. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., right, also had big hit after big hit. He was 10 for 19 with two doubles and three triples in the series. Charlie Blackman went 15 for 24 with two doubles, Mm -hmm. one triple, and four homers in four games. And really, the guy I think that deserves the most credit is the Padres right-handed reliever, Luis Perdomo. You know why? Why? He worked five and a third scoreless innings over Herculane the weekend.
2: Herculean
1: effort. Herculean <laughs> effort. <laughs> five yep. and a third, guys. I um no. So Petco you think they spin it forward? You think those guys they different, no, 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 different park? No, absolutely not. You Do not take anything you witnessed over the Broken four days at Coors Field, okay? And new, new, No, Petco is a much different park, definitely. Much different yeah. atmosphere, dimensions, and then it's not a great hitters ballpark. Petco is to begin with which I think True. is why the numbers have been down with uh, with San Diego but sure. I got to tell you you want to talk about it from a confidence standpoint uh, right. I bet you anything that they go into that game tonight thinking they can hit anything now whether They're they do themselves. or not is a different story but when you have when you have numbers with guys going 10 for 18, 10 for 19, 16 to 20 th- Hunter Renfro hits five home
2: runs in three games yeah. like what in the world but That's what I'm saying I know the ballpark is different, Joe, but you and I, you know, we've played sports like this before. When you get hot, you feel like you can hit anything, right? So how does – maybe they're just feeling themselves right now. You talk about Charlie Blackman and all these Mm -hmm. guys that are hitting. You know, it's not like – but then again, remember, Joe, the total is not 13. The total is eight. And on the number, it's not even a half. And it's not like Milwaukee doesn't score runs either. You know what I mean? It's not like Kristen Yelich can't hit one out. You know, so I hear you. The ballpark is dramatically different. And that's why the total is five runs lower, Joe. But, you yeah. know, there is something to also be said about people getting their groove at Coors and then, you know, staying hot for the next couple of days. And I'm not saying it's going to be I'm not saying this game's going to be 11-9 tonight. But, you know, all I need is
1: 5-4. Yeah, I uh, I don't see it. I, ju- I am staying away from anything to correlate anything compared to, well, they just okay. did this at Coors Field. Never again will I ever associate anything that I've seen at Coors Field with any sort of uh, reality. Especially, I don't know if Colorado stays home or if they're on the road here uh, this week. But it, there's a reason why the Colorado Rockies their splits, their home and away splits. When you look at the stats of these guys, it's like night and day. And that's why when they go on the road, they're not a they very go good Arizona. road.
2: They go to they Arizona. They go to Arizona. Net.
1: Yeah, yeah, see so that was a that would be a situation where I know for a fact I've seen it with the Rockies that they show you one thing Charlie Blackman goes, you know, almost uh almost hits the 700 uh 15 to 24 at a 625 batting average. He is not going 15 for 24 in Arizona by any stretch of the imagination. Right. So that's and I, that's why I, I, that's why I'd be hesitant on San Diego and going, yeah, they they're riding confidence. But I've seen it with Colorado. Like, Colorado goes the other way. They're going to bat 200 in this series.
2: That's okay. I got Edwin Jackson on the hill for Toronto tonight, Joe. So oh I got other
1: opportunities. Word. Oh, I got my other opportunities.
2: word. Don't you worry. I'll find You know ways.
1: the record that they set, though? 92 runs in four games. You know when the previous record was? Gotta be the steroids era, right? 1929. Oh, even worse. 19- oh, wow. 29 was so even the Royd what, era
2: home runs in that series, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it even was then,
1: <laughs> unbelievable. What we witnessed there over the weekend on Un- and, and guys that they just kept betting the games and betting the games. And yep. after Friday nights, you know, they erase a six run deficit and then they end up winning in 12. I'm like, I ain't going near that. I don't know what to expect. I uh, I won't touch the unders. I won't touch the overs because you go, this can't last, right? Like there's no way they can keep scoring. Ru-. Yeah, no, they kept they kept scoring anytime runs, I mean, guys, at an unbelievable clip.
2: Anytime we talk about that, it can't happen again. It won't happen again. It always That's happens luck. again. You know, yep. and, and then, by the way, over in the fantasy baseball world, I was faced with a decision because, you know, Sunday's the end of the week, and that kid, Peter Lambert, who was really good his first two outings against the Chicago Cubs, was going last night starting for the Colorado Rockies. Joe's between him or for me, Chase Anderson, that I was going to plug in to start. I'm glad I did not go Lambert. He gave up something like eight runs in the first three innings. You said it. It's
1: crazy, right? Like, I don't know how you even have anybody that's on the – being a pitcher in the Colorado Rockies organization, I have no idea how how you do that. Even if they're playing well. Uh, And it's so the inverse is so true when it comes to like Rockies pitchers on the road versus at home are two totally different animals as well. And so is the hitting. And that's why I know there are guys that wait all year long just for the Rockies to go on the road. And then they fade them unbelievably because they are not the same team. All of a sudden you're like, this guy can't pitch. And then he goes on the road and he throws like a three hitter. And you're like, wow, this guy's pretty good. And then people make the mistake of starting him in, in Coors Field and mm-hmm. he gives up 18 runs. And they that's a cautionary exa-
2: tale if you sign a former Rocky in free agency. Yes. Um, yes. Expecting all of a sudden with 81 of their games no longer in Coors Field. Yes.
1: Yep. Uh, it was an interesting weekend uh, across the board. Obviously, that was just record breaking on so many levels. The Braves uh, took the uh, took the lead there in the National League East. They kind of blew out the uh, the Phillies there. Uh, certainly did yesterday, but they had a really good series against the Phillies over the weekend. Uh, the Cardinals, uh, were able to uh, do some damage against the Mets. The Mets lose, uh, you know, Syndergaard to the IL now 10 days after he won his game on Saturday. So, you know, again, the Mets, every time they take two steps forward, they take three steps back. St. Louis has now won five of their last seven. Now they climb back into the NLC central race a little bit here. Uh, Bauer, one of the guys you mentioned that could very well be trait bait, uh, depending on what happens with Cleveland. Uh, he was ridiculous yesterday when he hasn't been ridiculous this year. He, he seemed to have found something and, uh, the Baltimore Orioles guys are probably the worst team I've ever seen in the history of baseball. And that's saying something because I, you know, I've watched a lot yeah, of those Yankees yeah, yeah, and, and it's saying like I would take Miami over Baltimore any day of the week. That at least Miami is competitive. Baltimore is just it's uh it's tough to watch there. But and remember, uh, Baltimore they- got off to a
2: decent start. Yeah. So you know, you have to like yes, back yes. out almost like ten and ten out of their record to yep. see how really bad they have been. They're twenty one and fifty now, yep. but they started off, you know, decent. Maybe playing 400 ball for a little while. Remember, early on we were like bet those Orioles at plus 230 in the month of April. So if you factor out like their first three weeks or so where they were like treading water, it makes Mm -hmm. their record even worse. I'd say the same thing. Remember the Seattle Mariners were up to a hot start. Back out their first few weeks in the season, and their record looks pretty bad.
1: Blue Jays, Royals, Padres, Mariners, all plus money. Major upsets yesterday in Major League Baseball. Cha-ching, people. Cha-ching.
2: Talk about today's lineups coming up next.
0: Best friends. Yep. The best friends forever. Keston Hiura, since he's been shut down. 324 batting average of four home runs, 11 ribbies, a stolen base, and OPS over a 1,000. He's been awesome. There's nothing left for him to prove in AAA. And I understand the Brewers came out and they said, we owe it to Travis Shaw. Keston Hiura needs to be in the majors. And I think it will be sooner rather than later. So if someone dropped him in your deeper leagues, I would be out there trying to acquire and get Keston Hiura on my team. Watch live on the FNTSY YouTube stream and download the podcast on your popular podcast providers.
1: So the odds are already out there for the uh, British Open in a couple of weeks uh, now that the U.S. Open is over. And, of course, uh, Gary Woodland, 35-year-old Gary Woodland, uh, takes home the trophy at 80-1. to Kupka finishes second. So, again, Kupka becomes one of these uh, top five machines just printing money anytime uh you take him top five in majors. It's, uh, it's a solid bet there. Kupka is now also the favorite, as well he should be. Six to one there for the British Open. McElroy second, 10 to one. Dustin Johnson, who was nowhere to be found over the weekend, 12 to one. Uh, Tiger shoots a six under par yesterday after bogeying the first four out of six holes to start the round. Uh, Monster comeback there in the uh, in the back half of uh, his round yesterday. Uh, Still finished, I think, inside top 25, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere 24, somewhere along those lines. Uh, He's 12 to one. Justin Rose, who I give this guy credit if it wasn't for his putting. Uh, quite honestly, he might have missed the cut with how bad he played. T uh, to green every place else. Uh, Spieth, Molinari, Fowler, Ram, all, uh, all in there. John Ram, top five uh, finish, good for him uh, this weekend. But That's make awesome. no mistake, <laughs> make no mistake about it. Uh yeah, right, exactly. We had him faded, but no, he did. Uh, he did he an amazing. The
2: last hole too to tie. Shoffly, I had Shoffly yes. versus Ram heads up. He birdied yep. and Shoffly missed like, uh, missed the birdie putt on 18. Yep he could have got to minus 8 which would have had him in third by himself yeah
1: by himself yep yeah he's I not had a had great adam run. Scott
2: who was there on Sunday and then really messed up going out of bounds yep. at the beginning he though still got me a top 10 so i had two guys in the top 10
1: yeah adam was uh, adam was great i had him as the top uh, australian there ahead of jason okay. day and that was uh, that worked out pretty well uh, it was uh gotta give credit where credit is due. Like, Gary Woodland won this U.S. Open. He did not... Nobody handed anything. He didn't back his way into it. Brooks Kupka was up his butt the entire time. Uh, And it's not like... They both shot four rounds in the 60s. Only, you know, Woodland had a, uh, a better... I think he shot a 65 there one of the rounds. But give credit. I mean, Kupka... It's not like Kupka handed it to him. Like, he went after him, and he shot 68 yesterday. It just wasn't enough. Gary Woodland, pretty damn impressive at 35 years old to finally break through and win his first U.S. Open, his first major. Crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, final hour coming up. We'll have our Make It Rain Plays of the Week for you next year on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.